This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result... You'll always be winning with muck delivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 95% of Uber Eats orders are on time, which is great. Because the only thing I care about more than football is spicy pepperoni pizza for kickoff. But on the off chance your order is late, Uber Eats will give you three months $0 delivery fee with a free Uber One membership. Now that's a spicy offer. On time claim based on latest arrival time shown after order is placed. Offer ends to 19-2023. Current Uber One members not eligible. Subscription will auto-renew at $9.99 each month starting three months from initial enrollment. See uber.com slash Uber One for terms. Benefits available only for eligible stores. Order minimum supply. You are watching and listening to Chris and Lester to Life Die TV on YouTube and your favorite podcasts. Welcome along. This is Leicester Till I Die TV. Thank you for coming along and watching us. Uh, if you are watching us, don't forget, if you are on YouTube, press that subscribe button, click the likes, and click that notification bell. We've got a lot of off-season shows coming up, little things doing a little bit differently, following England and the Lionesses as well. Never miss a game, uh, or never miss a show, I should say. Press that uh, notification bell. And if you are listening on your favourite podcast platform, whether that be any of those four up there or any of the big uh, major platforms. Thank you very much for listening. 
Um, Ant is straight in here. Uh, Villa spending huge again to finish bottom half. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Anyway, it is um, second in a series of reviews of the last season. And I am extremely pleased. We had Jerry Taggart in the other day. I'm extremely pleased. We've had him before. It's nice to welcome him back. Used to be the Leicester Mercury chief correspondent. Now he is Leicester City's chief correspondent at The Athletic. Good evening, Rob. Good evening. How are you, Chris? I'm very well, very well. Trying to get my breath back now the season is over. What a season. I know. It seemed to go on forever, didn't it? And uh, <laughs> there was, it's a roller coaster ride, I think I described it as. It, you know, there were so many highs yeah. and lows, a lot of lows uh, at times, but they got through it. And um, to finish eighth and reach the semi final of European football as well, it's, you know, it's another season that I'll remember. It, exactly, and you know it hasn't gone as well as sort of the previous two two seasons. You know we have to admit that, but you know I mean I've just got here sort of if we look back on it, and obviously hindsight is a wonderful thing, but we're Community Shield winners, or as I people that know me know I like to call it the English Super Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to the European Conference League semi finalists, losing to the eventual winners. And we were we finished in eighth, which was only one position off Europe. And for me, I mean, it's easy to look back on in hindsight, isn't it? It wasn't a total write-off of a season. Well, absolutely. I mean, I think I wrote this myself. It was a, probably a season of missed opportunities when you think Europa hmm. League and some of the uh, points they threw away. I mean, particularly Tottenham at home. <laughs> uh, you know, there yes. was moments that were, that were challenging for fans and frustrating and I think that's why the narrative started to be that, you know, this season w- w- was a disappointment to them, considering the highs of the previous two campaigns. Mm. Um, but overall, I think, you know, I mean, considering all the, 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 the problems they've had with injuries and availability, and there was no consistency of selection because there was no consistency of availability of players. Yes. You know, I think they've battled through it quite well. And I think a lot of the younger lads... That, like the Keenan Jewsby Halls and the Luke Thomases and that, we'll, we'll, we'll come through this and, and have a lot of experience from that that they can take into future campaigns. I mean, this is still, well, I, mean, I think it's the joint fourth highest they've ever finished yeah. in English football. So, you know, I think in the context of Leicester City's history, it will still be a season that people will cherish and remember. Do you think it's a case, though, we sort of touched on this before, before we came live, that... Um, and yes, I am calling other fans, I guess, but like Arsenal are very much is like last season was where we don't want to be in the conference because it's below us. We should be in the Champions League. And are we getting a little bit like, well, you know, we finished eighth, but it, it's worse than the last two seasons? I hope not because there's something unique about Leicester City and the fan base. And I know expectations rise with when you have success and you've got to continue to have success to match those expectations. But you know, this club has come a long way in a very short space of time and they're still mm-hmm. developing now. And as we saw, this squad isn't strong enough to deal with the injuries they've had, with the workload they've had. They've had players yeah. that have been playing in the red zone, uh, which is when they're on the verge of injury, um, so much mm-hmm. because other players have not been, been able to play. And they've had to battle through this. And um, I think it's character building. I hope they can mm-hmm. build on this for next season and hopefully when, when they have a good summer in the transfer market, if they can, then yeah. uh, that will make them stronger for next season. But it's getting tougher and tougher. It's a moving target to challenge for that yes. top six. 
yes. it's a moving target because they're getting richer and richer. We've seen this week Chelsea's um, takeovers going through. They're going to throw yeah. 200 million pounds in their transfer kitty. Tottenham have, have released 150 million pounds in their transfer kitty. Then you've got the clubs like Newcastle and Villa who have already started spending big yeah. already. Who, who are going to go for it? And Leicester's budget is around eighth or ninth in that in that Premier League. So they finished eighth. So they're on par. It was a par mm. season. And I think that's the, probably the best way to describe it. It was a yes. par season. I would totally agree. I mean, I, I said before, I mean, the last couple of seasons, you've had an out-of-sorts Arsenal, an out-of-sorts Spurs, and a, a West Ham that kind of popped up last season. There was only really Leicester in the position to challenge for that fourth, fifth sort of position. Now you've got, um, you know, Arsenal back. You've got Southampton, obviously, like you say, are back. And you've got, like, West Ham still continuing and the new Castle. There's a lot more fighting for that small space that we were once in. Uh, absolutely. And the, those you need some of the big six to have a, a bad season, to have an off-season. And Man United have had a few over the years. But now they've got a new gaffer coming in. They're going to throw money at that because whenever you get a new manager in, you always got to back him. Otherwise, what's yeah. the point? The changing manager. Yeah. So they're going to spend money as well. Arsenal now sense that they're turning the corner with some of their younger players with Arteta. So they're going for it. They're going to mm. back Conte at Tottenham massively because otherwise he'll leave. So yeah. it's going to get tougher and tougher. So I just think there's a little dose of, of, of reality uh, that needs to just uh, be swallowed by uh, Leicester fans for for next season, but that doesn't mean they don't have they, they can't dream because you know I mean you can see the shirt behind me the, the Champions League shirt I yeah mean, it, it they, the dreams can come true and, and if yes. if the club do the right sort of business they can still be in the mix next season yeah I mean I always look at you know how long it took Liverpool to get. F- back to where they are now, you know, it took Klopp quite a few seasons. Um, yeah. You know, when you look at us and say, well, yeah, we've had a bad season, pound for pound, it's going to be us than Man United or Everton. Yeah, yeah ex- exactly, you know. So, uh, I mean, it's been, I just think that the, 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 what, the way they've gone about it this season, there was a lot of problems. I mean, some of them self-inflicted, I'll probably imagine. We'll get into yeah. that, I'm sure. Uh, but some that you couldn't foresee, like Wesley Fofana's injury, yeah. uh, uh, you know, the eve of the season. Uh, he's such a great player. I mean, oh, that God, kid's yes. going to go. That kid's going to go to the very, very top. Mm. Losing J- James just in the previous season, another quality player. The fact that he's in the England squad now says it yeah. all. That he's so versatile. There are so many good players in that squad already, but it does need a little bit of an overhaul. Uh, it has been together for a while. It needs freshening up. I just mm. hope they have a better summer than they did last summer. Yes, <laughs> fingers crossed. Although we got we got uh, Daka, so I'm not going to sort of completely complain. Yeah, I, um, I like Daka. I like Daka. Yeah. I think Lukeman's Lukeman's got something. Yes. Um, Samari, I think, given time. Although whether he's going to be given time, we'll oh, see. Um, that's the question. Isn't it, yeah. You know, you know. Uh, Vestergaard was the wrong fit from the start, and Bertrand <laughs> had all his injury and COVID issues. Don't start me on Vestergaard, will we? You know. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, it's t- tell your wife you take a look till the morning. We could be here that long. Um, I- I'm not going to burst into song, but to quote uh, a Queen song, it started out so well. Um, we went down to Wembley as. Um, uh, FA Cup holders. I can remember going down and playing uh, Man United after we won the Premier League, in which I thought we played we played better, but we lost it. Um, but this was 
It was a start, wasn't it? And I mean, I was there with my son. I couldn't get to the FA Cup final. I was there with my son. And it was one of those I was there moments, you know, and I I shared that with my son, seeing my team at Wembley lift a trophy. That's exactly it. I mean, it's such a shame that Leicester fans have waited all their lives and to see their team win the FA Cup and lift that trophy mm-hmm. and only 4,000 fans could be there to actually witness it. I mean, I know yeah. they've shared it on the TV. It's not the same. To to get there in the Community Shield, I know it's not, it, again, it's not the same, but it's still a moment to cherish. Yeah. To, and, yes. and to beat a team like Man City. I mean, they've beaten Man City and Liverpool this season. And one of only, <laughs> only, one of only three teams all season, only two domestically, to beat Liverpool. Mm. Those yes. are highlights to, to cling to. And I've done, and I've done a season review that's going to be published uh, the weekend where I've picked that out as my highlight of the whole season. It was an opening day, yeah. well, before the yeah. opening day of the season, to lift the Community Shield against a team like that at Wembley when fans can be there and share it. I thought that was just a magical moment. And, um, you know, it just carried on from the euphoria of the previous season. It, it, it was. Unfortunately, though, obviously, life's not, you know, all all roses all the time. And, I mean, we've had a bad year. I mean, I don't like moaning about uh, injuries and et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, you get Klopp who moans sort of, you know, if um, Mo Salah breaks a nail, <laughs> have you? And then yeah. you look at what we've had, over 25 players injured at some point of the season, you know, nine of which were defensive, you know, minded players. The worrying thing is, though, how many of those were not sort of, you know, match related, if you like? Yeah. Well, I can remember when Nigel Pearson was manager and um, he used to get asked about their injury record because they had an excellent injury record. They had very rarely had soft tissue injuries. And uh, I think I remember one journalist saying... um, You've been quite lucky with injuries. And he, and he raised his eyebrows and went, lucky? I think you need to think again, you know, this meticulous of how they go yeah. about um, testing the training pitches before uh, training to make sure they're not too hard. I mean, yeah. certain players like hard surfaces, like Jamie Vardy, the speed players like to pl- train on a hard surface. The players yeah. that are vulnerable to injury, like a Johnny Evans, would prefer a softer surface to train yeah. on take the pressure off you know and, they, and that, that's the level of detail they go into yeah and they tailor training then accordingly and I, I think they're still doing that down there but i think it's just the workload on this on the, this group i mean some of the injuries you just can't legislate for i mean ricardo Pereira's broken leg that was yeah. a tackle for farners a tackle there was quite a few but then you get a situation where p- players are getting soft tissue injuries and that puts pressure on the other the rest of the lads in the squad and, and the the, the Best example I can give you is Charles Yunsu at the start of the season. I think he played something like 25 games for club and country on the trot, started every game, 90 minutes. And he was in the red zone, which is where he's liable to break down. And um, But they had no choice. He was, only, he was the last man standing. They were putting everybody else in alongside him that, that, that could possibly play there. And eventually he pulled a hamstring and it was inevitable. Yeah. But it's been like that all season. Um, yeah, but I think they're still reviewing um, the situation in terms of um, the sports science down there to make sure. Because yeah. that was one of his key things when he came in. Brendan Rogers said, you know, he gave them, um, a, 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 I think it was five or six 
points that he wanted to, to for them to achieve for goals. And one of them was player avail- availability. Yeah. They haven't had that this season. Um, so that will be something they, they will have to um, really look deeply at. And, and it was almost a case of, because it was obviously changing the um, formation every, every week. It was almost a case of, He'd go in in the morning and say, right, who's fit, lads? And if you had three yeah. defenders put his hand up, that was it. That was it. Yeah. He, he, he said to us, um, I think he said it on record as well, but he spoke privately to us. And, and he said, you know, he'd sometimes he'd pick his team, pick his tactics. And then, you know, the day before the game, somebody else would go down. Somebody mm-hmm. else would have a problem. And he'd have to change everything to go into the game. So it was very hard to manage. And... Um, yeah, as I said, I think I mean I, I think um, Brian English, the the the, uh, the 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 doctor, the club doctor that came in, I, I think he's leaving the end of this season. Nothing to do with that, but I think no. he's just move, moving on to his end of his contract and moving on to other things. But um, I think they'll be looking at how they structure that department now, moving forwards. And you've, I mean. <laughs> Conspiracy theories will always abound. Of course they will. You know, we, we love a good conspiracy theory. Yeah, we like to look for a smoking gun, don't we? Or a, a Exactly, ball. exactly. Uh, Dave Rennie leaves. <laughs> we yeah, suddenly Dave. seem to get loads of injuries. I mean, this, it's surely not related. Well, no, yeah, yeah. Well, Dave's very... I think Dave's a very talented guy anyway. But um, yeah, I think I mean, the injury started, really, when we came out of COVID, the, the lockdown, and we started... The season again, and um, then you started to see like Ben Chilwell and James Madison picking up injuries, and there was quite a few that started to pick up then. And Dave was at the club then, so I I think a big factor of this is um, the, the congestion of fixtures, and this has been going on since we returned from COVID. You know, they're playing twice a week, every week, and I know people say, "Oh, the Championship was the same." It's on a different level. The intensity of the football is at a different level. Premier League and Europe football compared to the Championship, and yeah. uh, you know I think a lot of players were the demands on them was a little bit too much. And again, I know I've fans of I've seen fans on social media whenever I've said this on social media, they go, "Oh, well, I'd, I'd do that. I'd play twice a week, get paid to play twice a week." Yeah, yeah, but you're not playing to the level they're playing. No, you're, you're, you're not. Um, the intensity is incredible, and mm-hmm. um, you know certain certain players have have broken down. Uh, during that and Rogers, because of the unavailability of the players hasn't been able to replace them. So I think COVID has had a massive part to play and they're not the only ones and they're not even the worst ones. You know, Leeds have had 41 injuries. I think Leicester have had 31 injuries, uh, but that's not including Fofana. Um, yeah. Leeds have had 41 in the season. Wow. Yeah. I've just noticed that um, Dave Rennie, of course, he has gone to Leicester B or as it's called these Bristol days. Bristol City. City. <laughs> yes, yeah, he's doing a good job down there. And I bet they're still getting injuries down there, but Dave does a great job. He's a, he's a, yeah, he's a no, he did. Like you say, conspiracy theory. I did say I wasn't going to touch on this, but I do want to quickly, because Ant uh, from Ant's Leicester fan channel, great Leicester channel. I believe you've been on that one as well. Uh, do get over there, guys, and support that. Um, he, did, he did ask... Um, do you think Brennan is the correct man to take City forward? I mean, I don't want to get into it too much because, like yes, I said, it is a, a, a love him hating sort of thing. But you've got all the oh, he's only a three season manager. He always suffers on his third season, and I always well, say, let's well, give him a fourth. Fourth, exactly. Yeah, let's <laughs> yeah, give him a fourth and find out. 
Yes. And I think um, you touched on it earlier for me. And that is that I think when Brendan came in, he was brought in with a long-term project in mind. Because obviously he's good with the youth and what have you. Now, if we suddenly go, right, goodbye, Brendan. Thank you very much. As you said, somebody new comes in, doesn't like the particular players that we've got in, doesn't, you know, want to play the same formations, etc. And it's almost like ripping the last two or three years up and starting from scratch. Well, and the thing is as well, he inherited that squad. And although they've added to it um, with a few players over the last few transfer windows, this is his chance to shape that squad how he sees fit now. Um, Lee Congleton's gone. That's a big concern for me because there's no head of recruitment in. Martin Glover is being held at Southampton uh, mm. against his will. He's, you know, he's, uh, <laughs> he he's wants to come, does he? He's he a prisoner. Oh, he wants to come, yes. Yeah. Uh, he's agreed to come, but he's got to serve his notice there. And they're, they're making sure his notice is uh, probably the whole transfer window, which I don't think really helps them. It doesn't really help Leicester. It doesn't help Martin. Yes. So it's a bit of a... A negative sort of stance on that but um they, they've got a big job to do this summer and i think then brendan should be judged on that because what he's done when he come in it's been fantastic when you think you know he took over from claude Puel, uh he instantly got a response from him in the tail end of that season uh then to challenge in the top four for two seasons running and then to lift the fa cup and that's fantastic Yes. Um, and then this season, all the problems they've had, then to recover towards the end of the season has been fantastic. So um, I think he deserves. I think he deserves a shot at rebuilding the squad how he sees fit, and then we we'll judge him. I, I just think I hope Leicester fans just say, okay, let's see what you do now, Brendan. Yeah, um, I mean, total football. Good evening. How are you? He's just said Brendan doesn't like his own signings though, trying to move to one. But let's be honest with you. When you sign a player. <laughs> Yes, you've got a, a good idea of, of how he's going to be, um, but it doesn't always work out. I've been awful, you know. So Alex Ferguson signed a few um, a few badums in his time. Well, let me let me talk you through how they they work in the recruitment department. They will identify areas of the squad they want to improve. So, say it's uh, a defensive midfielder. Like I'm going to use Buba Samare as an example. Yeah. Um, what they'll do then, they'll have the head of recruitment and his recruitment scouts that will scour. And they won't. And now COVID's over, they can go and actually watch players live again, which the, before yeah. it was all done on video. And they will scour every league trying to find a player that they think is 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 going to fit the bill. And uh, in Booba's case, uh, a number of the, the recruitment guys watched him, scoured him. They watched him in uh, League One. And they thought, this guy, he's physically big, he's strong, he's a deep-lying player. He doesn't score goals, so he's not an attacking player. I think he got one in his entire career. Not great. But for what they were thinking, I think they were thinking if Wilfred Ndidi moved on, this guy was going to be the, the sitting-holding midfield player. A hybrid between um, Ndidi and Tielemans, in a way. Yeah, That was the sell. Then they go and have a meeting with... with um, Rogers, uh, Lee Congleton, and they sell this player to him. Say, look, this we think this guy is going to do the business. Brendan then has to weigh up, and they'll probably have two or three options. Brendan will weigh up, and he'll go, and he'll give the green light. So, okay, I think if you you think he is, let's have him in. And then when he starts to work with him, that's when Brendan makes his real judgment on it. I know it sounds strange because it's expensive risk, but all transfers are a risk and there's yeah. never any guarantees. And I think what he's seen this season is that Buba Samare has struggled 
to make the transition from Lee Gun where the game is slower, you know, it's more tactical, it's he can sit deep, he's got time on the ball, he's got no time on the ball in the Premier League. And suddenly, you know, he, and he's I did an interview with him and he said, you know, the one thing I've learned about the Premier League is you've got to run harder. He said, I've always ran, but I've got to run harder here. And when I said that to Brendan, Brendan said, well, I'm glad he's, that's the penny dropping, hopefully, that he's got to work harder because you've got to run, you need intensity. So, you know, he struggled this season to do that. But that's an example of how they work. Um, so not all of them will be the right fit. Sometimes, like Yannick Vestergaard, is a player that's been on Brendan's radar for a while. Yeah. And he thinks he's going to do the job. And he hasn't. But I think he's the wrong fit as well. Yeah. I think he's well, the wrong I've fit. Got, I've got to, to start, I thought he was the wrong fit. I thought he was the wrong fit. He's, he's, a, he's probably a more Claudio Ranieri defender from 2016 than... You know, when Leicester was sitting deep, like Robert Hoof, heading yeah. and kicking and challenging. And, and Brendan likes the defence to play high up the pitch, to engage him with midfielders, to nip the ball like Fafana, to nip in and nip the ball off him and play. And then be able to defend space and have pace to run in behind if somebody gets in behind. That's not Yannick Vestergaard's game. It's no. totally, he's not, I'm not saying he's a bad player. No, he's no. just not a, the right fit. I mean, he, that, it, the, the Danes love him. They think he's a but great he, defender. He, when I uh, when I actually did a, a, a um, transfer special on both Ryan Bertrand and Yannick Vestergaard with uh, Southampton um, YouTube site, let me just say they were probably sort of <laughs> they were kind of pocketing the money and going goodbye, thank you, we're off sort of thing, uh, which kind of worried me from the start. But yeah. I mean, go, just with Samari first of all, I mean, you know, you, you get players like Fafana that you know you pluck. Uh, from from a you know a, another league, they come in and they just settle like they've been here forever and a day. But that is the exception, I think, isn't it? Rather than the rule. And maybe Samare, if he's given a little, I mean, I don't think Soyuncu was particularly brilliant in his first season, and it took him that season behind Maguire to get used to it. And maybe the same with Soyuncu. Fafana is exceptional. Oh, sorry, with the Samare. Sorry. Yeah, Fafana is exceptional. He come in yeah. and he just hit the ground running because he is a top, top talent. He will go right to the very, very top. I mean, I'm talking Real Madrid, Barcelona, you know, yeah. the very, very top. Um, I think with Samara and, and Pat Sendaka to an extent as well, it's an adjustment. It's different yeah. to whatever, anything. And they're young. So you've got to give them a bit of time. You've got to have a bit of patience with them. Uh, yeah. Whether Brendan's now seen enough of Samaria and thinks, no, he won't cut the mustard in the Premier League. He's a continental player and that's where he, he, he should forge his career. Time will tell. Um, you know, we've had like uh, conversations with him and, uh, you know, he just wants him to up the intensity, really, and the pace of his game. Um, Pats and Dakar, I think, has got, he's got potential if you give him time. But these young players, you, you have to give them the time. I mean, yeah. they, that. And if you want players to come in and hit the ground running, for Farner the exception, you're going to have to pay £50, £60 million pound for players. That, and, unless they aren't in that bracket, they're not in that market. No. They're in the market, £20, £30 million pound players. That's where they'll be this summer as well, as long as they can move a few players on. Yeah. It brings us on to, to, to what I wanted to talk about, about the defence. And obviously, we, we know, we, we were talking about uh, Vestergaard there. Um I mean, Vestergaard, it was almost like a panic buy, but I think you said that was a Rogers signing, not a club signing. 
And and I think that they've actually gone back now, haven't they? To going back to sort of the club maybe having more of a leading role in who they who they pick. I mean, I don't suppose he would, you know, Brendan thought he would be having to play him as much as he did. And in fairness to him, um, he had to be introduced to his, his fellow defenders before every game because it was different and he probably hadn't even met them. Yeah, I have got some sympathy for Vestergaard. Um, he, he was... He was signed simply because Fafana got injured. Now, Brendan might have tried to sign him 18 months before. I mean, his people tell me that, that they that Brendan's always liked him. Yeah. Um, but when he came in, he came in off the back of the Euros. He'd had no pre-season at all. Injuries had decimated Brendan's um, defensive options. So he had to come in and, and play from the offset. And mm. But I think Brendan uh, has admitted as well, that he was really only ever going to be a backup. Fafana and Evans were his front, his main two, and he didn't have yes. them at the start of the season. So Vestergaard had to play undercooked from the start. And as I said, I don't think his natural game suits that. But we did see glimpses of Vestergaard, how good he could be in a certain type of team. When their backs mm. against the wall, when they're defending deep, Man City at home, I thought he was excellent when yes. he, he came in. He was heading, clearing everything from his box. You know, he, he is a head on the stick, really. Like he can play, he can pass the mm-hmm. ball, but, you know, he, he he's a good defender. And then when he come on Stad Ren in the closing stages when they were holding out, he was excellent then as well. So that's exactly, exactly, yeah. He can't play high up the pitch and have all that space in behind him because we saw in the Euros when England played Denmark and Harry Kane ran him. I mean, Harry, I mean Harry Kane's not the fastest forward in the world, but he ran him ragged. You know, um, so we knew that if any, if he's exposed in space, he's vulnerable. If he's sitting deep, he's a good defender. Yes. <laughs> defense, yes. Two things that have annoyed me this season. Uh, I'll come to my first big annoyance first. Playing out from the back, it absolutely drives me bonkers. Oh. Get I it mean, forwards. Compete. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We, we, we're not, you know... Man City, Liverpool, we have got those sort of players. And we seem to, we've lost so many goals this season where we've lost the ball yeah. within our own, you know, half. Just, and I know, is it is it because Schmeichel, I mean, when he kicks it up nine times out of ten, it goes out of play. Is that why Brendan's trying to get us to play out from the back? Or is it, it just this thing? Because it's, it's driving me mad. <laughs> well, the reason he does it, and the reason most sides do it now, I mean, Leicester aren't unique, no, is no. because we've got a trend. Football goes through fashions, and we've got a trend at the moment of the high press, the yeah. the, the Gagan press. Um, Jurgen Klopp uses it at Liverpool. Pep Guardiola uses it at Man City. You know, and they've got the players to do it. And and when they're fit, Leicester have actually got some good players that can do it as well. Uh, and what they're trying to do is spread the, spread the ball out and play into Tielemans, and then play triangles and beat the press. And once they've got past the press. It's almost like they're on the counter-attack then. There's open spaces for the likes of James mm-hmm. Madison. The problem they've had is when teams have twigged them, sat deep and not pressed. Suddenly, it doesn't work then. because mm. tr- who, Who's the play around? They're not coming to, to, to the ball. Um, and, I, and I think a, a classic example was Roma and Jose Mourinho. The way he, he nullified what Leicester were trying to do to try and create that open space to beat the initial press was he had Pellegrini sit on Tielemans. So mm. as soon as... Because he plays the little triangles, he links with the two centre-backs, he links with the, the, the full-backs. 
and and what he did was sit on them so that he wasn't an option for them to pass to. So therefore, there was no other option for them to pass to. Yeah. But to try and yeah. play long or play wide or go back to Casper, which they invariably did. And then Casper was trying to ping balls out. But as soon as they got the ball back, Roma, which they never did, Pellegrini was then running past Tielemans. He was too powerful. Tielemans is a good player, great playmaker, great. He plays passes that nobody else in that team can play, but he's not a powerful player. He's not a powerhouse. No. Pellegrini was then running at the back four and causing problems. So that was the problem Leicester had this season. How When teams aren't coming at you and pressing you that you were expecting to press, then what, how do you beat them? Because they, yeah. they were struggling then to because you want space, open space for the likes of Harvey Barnes and Luckman and Jamie Vardy and Keenan Dewsby Hall. They want open space, but there wasn't any. Uh, yeah. I, I listened to one match and it stuck in my mind. Um, I'm not sure which who it was, but the, the actual commentary stuck in my mind when I was watching it. And the opposition had got a corner, and you know what's going to be coming here now. <laughs> and they said, oh, it's a corner against Leicester City. That's almost as good for them as giving them a goal. And yeah, giving them a penalty, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the, yeah, the goal, the word had not finished leaving his mouth and the ball was in the back of the net. Yeah. I mean, the zonal marking and corners, it has been yeah. a problem. And I know um, Torrey's been taking a lot of stick and whether it is or not, I don't know. But it seems to take a hell of a while to sort that out. Uh, it's been going on longer than this season. I did a piece with Bruno Berner for the Athletic last season, looking right. at the number of goals they were conceding from set pieces. And Bruno basically said, look, you know, you can have all the systems in, in the world you want. You can have zonal marking, man marking, a mixture of zonal and man marking. If you don't take individual responsibility to attack the ball, then you're going to concede. And also, you've got a goalkeeper that's not comfortable coming off his line and dominating his, his six-yard box. Hmm. Now, I think in, in normal circumstances, that's not a problem because all the defenders know. It's when you've got a keeper that sometimes comes, doesn't come. That creates uncertainty. Casper doesn't come. Yeah. He, he's not comfortable in that situation. He never has been. It's not a new hmm. thing. That's part of his game. But when you lose the profile of players like Johnny Evans and Fafana and then Wilfred Nididi, Obviously, you, you, you're having mismatches. And at the start of the season, they had this system where they had um, a zonal across the six-yard box with Jamie Vardy on the front post. And you'd have all your big jumpers, your, you know, your, your, your Siuncus, your Martis, zonal. But then you'd have their three biggest jumpers. So say that's Liverpool and you've got Van Dijk, you know, you've got Matip and, and, and Fabinho on the penalty spot. Being marked by Harvey Barnes, Yuri Tielemans, and Jose Perez, they're mismatches. They're getting runs on them, yeah. and, um, and 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 we saw it. I mean, Rudiger for Chelsea near, near post. No, no, nobody on the back post, near post header into the back post, and I think there were several others that were very similar to that. And then he changed it to man marking. He went back to basics and had people on the post, but they were still getting beaten by these mismatches. And I think that's something he wants to address in the in the summer. He's, he's mm. looking at a centre-back. He needs another centre-back to come in, yeah. a left, left-sided left centre-back, somebody with a physical presence that can, you know, if you've got Evans for Farner and a left-sided centre-back, you know, you've got three, and Wilfred, you've got four big, big lads in there that can defend those situations because they're not a big team, Leicester. No, no. And we'll come on, because I want to ask you about one in particular, we'll come on to that, sort of, we'll touch on transfers later. Having won the FA Cup, we started out on our defence 
<laughs> of the FA Cup. Uh, didn't last very long. Um, and we've got the pleasure of probably having to play them again next season if they get past Huddersfield. I, I, I don't know whether you're, uh, yeah, let's get Nottingham Forest up and have a couple of local derbies or no, let them suffer another season at least in the second tier. I'm very much of the second opinion, but Watford we played in the in the third round, which was in the middle of all the COVID crisis, and Brendan put out. Well, you can see there a lot of youngsters, and at the end, you know, there was five or so on on the pitch uh, youngsters because you were able to do that in, in the FA Cup. In the next round against Forest, biggest derby, you know, was the opportunity, the only derby we're going to have. So well, we did have for thirty odd years. We got absolutely overrun and outplayed by a championship team. Um, do you think you know we, we have these foreign players, and I'm not against them, they bring absolutely flair and great, you know, players to the to, to the to the um Premier League. But do you think sometimes they don't get the um sort of the, the local derbies because surely they have those in you know in places where they've come from? Yeah, no, I think they do get it. I mean, I, and I certainly think people around the club would have reminded them of how much it meant, but. I just think it was a, just a terrible day. I mean, that I, mean, I talked about the uh, Community Shield being the highlight and it never yeah. got any better than that all season. I know Eindhoven came close, but um, that was, the, that was the, the lowest point. That was rock bottom of the season, coming away from the, the city ground and having witnessed that because it, it was surrender. It was meek. It was the white flag. And I think that was the moment when Brendan had enough with certain mm. individuals, um, you know, he he didn't sugarcoat it at all. He didn't defend them. He um, he hung them out to dry, effectively. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I think it was, you know, he, he he'd had enough. I mean, then then there was the Tottenham game, and I think that was when he come out and said, perhaps we've reached the pinnacle. Perhaps this uh, some of these players have gone as far as they can with us. You know, perhaps we need a refresh. That was the moment when he think he thought what. Well, something needs to change because we can't have those sort of performances because it just no. wasn't acceptable. It was powder puff performance. Mm. And, and that wasn't just the foreign lads. That was the, the rest of the Yeah, no, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, it was all. Yeah, it the, was the, all. the lads that should have known what, what it meant. I mean, it's yeah. been a long time. Yeah. And funny enough, I did a watch along for that game with Steve Linex, who, of course, you will, you will remember. And he was, he was sort of ahead of me by about uh, two or three minutes because you can never get the, the, uh, <laughs> the streams mm. matching up. And I mean, he, he sort of said, no, I won't say anything. I'll wait until the, uh, you know, until you caught up and I'll see your reaction. Uh, that didn't last long. I mean, every goal that was going in, bless him, he, yeah. his language was getting bluer and bluer as it went along. And it was just probably the most depressing 90 minutes, certainly of this season. Certainly yeah. of this season. But, well, uh, yeah, probably of many seasons as well. I mean, considering the context of it, who it's against, you know, defending champions of the FA Cup. And yeah. you go to your, 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 your bitter local rivals and produce a performance like that. That's why I say it was the lowest point of the campaign. I mean, yes, you know, the yes. fans deserve better than that. And I think the players would have acknowledged that as well. Mm. Sometimes these performances come from nowhere. They come out of the blue and you think, well, what on earth was that all about? Um, uh, it, it's, it was very hard to get your head around, to be honest. Watching it's it. easy now, isn't it, at the end of the season to look back and go, like, yeah, we all have a bad day at the office every now and again, you know. And we do, let's be honest. 
Uh, but it's it is it's still hard to take when it was Nottingham Forest. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> when it yeah. means so much to you, when you have to go into yeah. your workplace and face fans from yes. Nottingham Forest, and you know, <laughs> yes. and you've got to suffer that, you know, the bragging rights <laughs> and the banter and that. It, it, it it's hard because you know these. That the players don't have to go into their workplace and face Nottingham Forest fans. No, no, but no, the fans don't. do. Yeah, the fans <laughs> do. exactly, exactly. Uh, talk. Good evening. Um, as always, I always say, if talk pops in, uh, his details are in the, the description below. But he does have a, a new channel out, uh, both on Twitter and on YouTube, and that is Cancer versus. Oh, sorry, football versus cancer. I always get it the wrong. You're gonna to have to rename your channel talk. I always get it the wrong way around. <laughs> football versus cancer, and it's all about you know acknowledging and, and searching and, and reporting anything that, that you discover. It's a great channel, it's all about charity. You can probably tell from the MU which team he supports, but he does a lot of just general football as well, and it's all for the charity. So get get over there, guys, and give him some uh, some support. Um Europe was a bit of a an up and down season. Um, oh, we got God, into yeah. the Europa League, which was the first disappointment in itself. We then probably got the hardest group that we've had in recent years in uh, in Europe. I mean, you know, let's be honest with you, the Champions League, we couldn't really probably pick a better <laughs> um, a better uh, 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 group ourselves. And then last season in the Europa League was, but we've got some real big hitters in this. On that yeah. last day. I mean, it started again, bursting into song, but it started off so well. Um, they said we made the perfect pair, and after that, I am lost. But 2-2 two, two against Napoli, and again that we thought we might not win. But again, it was so up and down, wasn't it? It, it was. I mean, you're right. There was, um, it was, there was some challenging fixtures in there, certainly on the road. Uh, mm. Naples at the end, though, this is when I talk about missed opportunities. Uh, when they went there, and I know they got the early goal. I mean, the fans were treated abysmally out there, by the way. Uh, they were taken all around the reeking, all the way around the outside of Naples, past the airport again to get in, when it was only an eight-mile drive around the coast to get to the stadium. So half, the, most of them missed half the game, and they've yeah. travelled all that way through all those COVID situations with forms and tests and everything to be there, and they couldn't be there. I mean, but that's, yeah, they talk about the game. Um yeah, they were, that, that, they recovered from an early setback. They covered really, really well. Mm-hmm. And I thought they could do this. I mean, it was a terrible, horrendously wet night. And you know, I thought perfect English conditions for them. Um, but they just let it go again towards the end. And that's what I mean about missed opportunities. That was a great chance to, yeah. to finish top of the group. And they ended up mm-hmm. finishing third. And even then there was the, the situation where uh, Warsaw could have uh, scored a, a, a 94th minute penalty yes. or whatever to, 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 yes. to snatch um, snatch a point against Moscow and that would have put Leicester through again. It just seemed like it wasn't meant to be, but, <laughs> but I think they have, to, they have to look at like the home game against Nap- Napoli as well. Um, oh. You know, they, they could have, yeah, they could they have done should, better in the home game. Yeah. But then the they Conference should. League, people, I mean, <laughs> I was there in that room when uh, Brendan was asked about uh, the conference league, and he said, "Oh well, I don't really know anything about it," and that's been thrown back at him constantly since. Hmm. But none of us really did. Nobody did. It's the, it's the debut no. season, but yeah. it turned out to be a wonderful thing, didn't it? Well, I mean... Exactly, exactly. And I'm not a huge fan of clubs that fail in one competition 
being allowed a second bite of the cherry in the competition below. You know, I think when Man United went to penalties against Villarreal, if they'd have won that Europa League because they'd failed in the Champions League, I think it's a bit of a farce. But it is what it is. We were yeah. down there. I mean, I know a lot of fans were saying, oh, we should have, you know, if we'd, if we'd been at Napoli, we'd have got Barcelona, we'd have played them for two games. But with the season as it was, we'd have probably ended up going out, I, I think, anyway. But we had a great run. And at the end of the day, it was a European semi-final. And I'll tell you something, I reckon there's 15 probable clubs in that Premier League that would have swapped places with us. Well, absolutely. I mean, every Leicester fan, I mean, that's only the sixth time Sixth campaign that Leicester have been in a European mm. competition, and you've got to savour these moments. You don't know when they're going to come around. As I said, it's getting more and more competitive in the Premier League. But uh, yes. how often will Leicester fans ever get a chance to go to Randers? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> how many Leicester fans could pick out Wren on a map? You know, but they went there and they had some great times. And then yes. Eindhoven, I mean, that was you know amazing that, that the performance. But when you looked at the, the, the quarter final, um, I think it was we had the quarter finals. There was, apart from Blood Glimt, there was seven teams in there that in their recent history had been Champions League teams. Yes. I mean, there were some top, top, top quality teams in there and clubs with yeah. great history. I yeah. wouldn't mind going to Glimt either, Norway. I've never been to Norway. But, we, we, you know, we got Roma. They, got, they, got the, they got the tough draw, I mean, to have to, do, to mm. deal with Roma. And again, yeah. there was opportunities at, at home to, 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 to get an advantage to take over there because it was always going to be tough over there. And then the atmosphere inside that ground was incredible. Oh. Stadio Olimpico. I mean, what a historic ground that was. Yeah. Oh, he is. Sorry. Um, yeah. but, it, it, you know, but we knew what was going to come. You had to be resilient. You had to be strong. They conceded a soft goal from a, a set piece. And there was hardly any football played after that. I mean, it was a Mourinho masterclass. But the uh, yes. what will stay with me is just the atmosphere. And, and the mm. Leicester fans contributed to that as well. So there's still yeah. fantastic memories to take away, even from a disappointment like that. Um, you know, and let's face it, he, he did much the same last night, didn't he? You know, got exactly. the one goal. Yeah. I think I tweeted the same thing. This has got a familiar yeah. feel. You know, yes. that, that, as soon as they went a goal up, it was like, well, we'll just break the game up. There'll be no flow to it. It won't be very entertaining, and it wasn't. And that's no. what they did to, to, to Leicester, and Leicester couldn't break them down. Yeah. I must admit, I've, having been to Norway myself, I, I didn't fancy Blood Glimt because, <laughs> they, they, well, they'd put six past Roma <laughs> when they played them. They'd already beaten them then in the, in the, in, at their place in the quarterfinals. It's one of those plastic pitches. Do you remember them? Yeah. Yes, and it would have been freezing, so we we're on a hiding to nothing. But hey, you know, like I say, semi-final, we got knocked out by the eventual winners. Hey, Chris, we 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 would be freezing pitch, freezing rock our pitches. Um, Barnsley away on a Tuesday night. We're used to this. That yeah, would have been true. a problem. That would have been a problem. <laughs> we'll never know, though. We'll never know. Um, I mean. Steve's just asked a question here, and I'm going to come on to to look at transfers very, very briefly. Um, I mean, for me, I don't like the goalkeeper as a captain. Not that there's anything wrong with Casper. It's just I don't think he can get his message out up the other end of the pitch when you're a goalkeeper. I much prefer a midfielder. Um, Your thoughts on on that particular topic? I have no problem with Casper being the captain at all. I mean, I was lucky enough to be in all the grounds when none of the fans were in there. Yeah, and the only voice you could hear was Casper's. 
constantly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. some of the things he, he said to the referees, I won't repeat <laughs> any of them. But, um, you know, he was on their case constantly. Uh, and, and you look through history. I mean, there's been some great captains that have been goalkeepers. Dino Zoff, oh, yeah. I mean, the Italians yeah. still. I mean, Ike Casillas as well. I don't think there's a, a real issue. But I, I, I understand what you're saying. You know, you want somebody who's in the thick of it, that can get in the referee's ear from close up. You want somebody who... Because they, they do get intimidated. Yes. Yeah, so there, there is an argument there. And I think Kieran Dewsbury Hall is a future... In, uh, sorry, Leicester captain. England captain, I was going to say, that's getting ahead of myself. Um, <laughs> no, but I don't, I don't have any issue with Casper being the, the, the skipper at the moment. I don't, I think there's a lot being thrown at him at the moment, which is, I think is a little bit unfair. Yeah. Just briefly touching on sort of transfers, it, it's not kind of, it's not really start, well, the window obviously isn't open yet. We know Tillemans is going. Um, we've got a, we've really Where is got he? To, well, Where is he, Chris? But if he doesn't, we're not going to get any money for him, are we? Well, it, you can only sell somebody if somebody's in for him. I know I know Arsenal are, are interested, so there's a good chance their yeah. priority is um, a striker. But I think the whole of the Premier League has known for the last three transfer windows that Tielemans has been available because that contract's been on the table and he's not signed it. So there's a chance they could go and nobody is coming for him. Nobody. All the speculation about Liverpool, Man United, not, not it's come to nothing. In fact, from our sources at uh, the Athletic, through my um, Liverpool counterparts, Liverpool was saying it's not really for them. So that's a non-starter. No. But obviously, obviously, the, the you know the rumor mill always turns in the transfer window. Arsenal that... are interested in him. They are interested yeah. in him, but the priority is to get a striker in. Uh, how successful they are with that could di- dictate whether they make a move for Yuri. All, all, all I will say is, I, I will give Tielemans forty million if he doesn't go to Arsenal. Please, last season we had every Arsenal fan wetting themselves over the prospect of getting Madison, which of course we all know <laughs> was never a goer. If they get Tielemans, we'll never hear the end of it. But he mm. wants. As I thought, a a big club and joking aside, all right, maybe you know you could say Arsenal are, but I, you know, does he not want Champions League football, which Arsenal, let's be honest, he can't give him. Um, yes, he does. Is the short answer, but he wants to stay in the Premier League, and he wants does to play he? for a big, right. yeah, and he wants to play for a big six club, um, and Arsenal are that. Yeah. So I can see it, it would be appealing for him, and they could still offer him European football with the prospects of perhaps challenging for top four in a Champions League in the future. I can see why that would be tempting for him. Um, yeah, it's just the nature of the beast, isn't it? Some players, mm. like, I mean, look, Jamie Vardy turned them down. You know, yeah. He was on the cusp of joining Arsenal and he changed his mind. He wanted to stay. Yuri's a very ambitious guy and he probably thinks he's achieved as much as he possibly can with Leicester. Uh, he's got a year left on his contract. If, I think if nothing happens this summer, he'll just run his contract down. I don't think he will ever sign that contract. No. I mean, w- would it be... And I know that I'm, I'm, I'm sort of living in a Disney World fantasy land here. But yeah, if he's not going, just sign a, sort of a contract so that we get some money for you. <laughs> you know? Well, this is the thing now. And, and I don't know how many fans know this about Harry Maguire. And he gets a load of stick from Leicester fans. Um. But he knew Man United were in for him. They came in for him after the World Cup when he had a great World Cup. Yeah. And he was interested. He, you know, who wouldn't be? You know, Manchester mm. United are in for you. 
But they offered him a new contract and he signed that. Now, okay, he probably gets he gets well, he would he get a signing on bonus and he's increasing wages. But also yeah. that would diminish his opportunity to go in Man United. That might have deterred Man United. But he took that risk because, and I know this for a fact, he had a sense of um gratitude towards Leicester. When he went down with Hull, they came in. They were the ones that came in and, and, and gave him another chance in the Premier League. And he took that chance. I think Harry Maguire deserves a lot more credit from Leicester fans than he, than he gets. In fact, I've got to be honest with you, fair he, news to he the protected, guy. I didn't know he that. protected Leicester. He protected Leicester by yeah. signing that contract. And that's why they could get £80 million for him. Wow. Credit to the guy. I, I, I didn't know that. Um... I don't think many Leicester fans know. I've written it a few times, but I don't think they do. <laughs> they need to. They need to go and subscribe to the Athletic. That's what they need to do and keep up with you. Um, and so, I mean, I, we know we've got to sell players, don't we, to bring sort yeah. of people yes. in. And as you said earlier, um, the uh, you know we're not in the market for the 60, 70 millions. We're probably even struggle now for like a Yuri at forty million. Um, but we do know there's got to, there's going to be an overhaul. Um, just a couple of players here. I mean, Chowdhury, I didn't like Chowdhury, but he seemed to get that potential red card taken out of him. You know, every time he went on, you thought, oh, was he going to get sent off? That seemed to go. Brendan was really impressed with him, and as well, so was I, when, you know, when he played against Liverpool in that, you know, the home game. Um, and then he's kind of gone off the radar totally. Yeah, it's interesting with Hamza. I mean, obviously there's players ahead of him in that position, the the, the um, defensive midfield position. But you know the way he performed at centre back, the Mascherano that he yeah. was he, he was dubbed by Brendan. Um, yeah, but I, I I think he's for his career he he probably will need to move on. Yeah. There's a number of them. They, they they do need to clear out certain players that aren't featuring the fringe players. I mean, Ozzy Perez. Showed in the last you, game. You, the you, were just, you were reading my mind then. You know that was going to be the next one. Perez, uh, but I think that he probably will need to move on. He, he's not. He does, he's not dynamic enough for Brendan. He doesn't run enough. But no. he, he he's got something. But he just doesn't produce it on a consistent enough basis. And I think Newcastle fans said this as well when when Leicester signed him. You know he's hot and cold. He, you know he loves streaks during the season. Uh, I mean, and he took those goals superbly well on the final day of the season. Um, but he'll probably go. I mean, they're, they're open. There's a player in there, tonight. but just probably not yeah. one that Brendan. It's not consistent was enough. There. Yeah, it's not consistent mm. enough. No. Um, you know, and he's had a great opportunity. He's not getting any younger either. You know, he's, he should be in yeah. the like the prime of his career, but he's not performing. But you know, Mendy, how many times? That, I mean, I wrote a, a column, never write off Nepal as Mendy, but um, no. and 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 because he was out of the squad at the time, then he come back after the Afghan and became a key player. With Wilfred and Diddy injured, but I think I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just crossing all these names that I've got written down off because I was <laughs> going to ask you about him. Who else? I love Who else? Papa Mendy. I absolutely yeah. love him. You know, he's taken being left out of the squad for whatever reasons, and we, we know there was reasons in there um, that weren't necessarily playing. It was the numbers of that that you had to balance up. Um, yeah. He didn't complain. He wasn't off shouting to the newspapers demanding a move, whatever. He was then brought back into the Premier League squad, thankfully, because, you know, indeed he got injured. I'd love him to stay. Would you like him to stay? I mean, I, I, 
Yeah. Yeah. I, he's a good backup to Nididi, but I think Leicester need to, to bring in some fresh blood now. That squad needs revitalising, really. I mean, if they can find a buyer for him, he's got a year to go on his contract. I think they probably need to look at some some different options. I think we've got we've got to start realising, like you said, there's a year we win. How much did we lose on Slomani? You know, <laughs> we can't. Yeah. We're not a club that can afford to, to lose money. Uh, if you, I just if you look, uh, sorry, Chris. Sorry. If you if you look, if you look back on Leicester's, I mean Leicester's recruitment has been fantastic. It's one of the secrets of their success. Mm. But there's been some misses there. There's been oh, some yeah. big misses there. Samani yeah. is one of them. I mean, that summer of 2016, Hernandez came in, Musa came in, Mendy came in, Slamani came in. You know, Ron Robert Ziegler came in. There's not many that, that that worked from that summer. No. And I felt like last summer, Pat Sandaka, yeah, Lukeman, you know, we'll see in time. But besides that, it was probably another disappointing summer, and they can't afford that this time. They've no. got to get it right this summer, otherwise yeah. they will fall behind the, the rest. The chasing pack are getting, are, are, are get gathering pace. Exactly, exactly. As like we said before, there's more teams going for that. That sort of all, all that, like trying to get through that one door at the same time. Yeah, um, I think with Mendy, I, I did like. I mean, he was the most expensive player for a while when we bought him, but. I just like him, but whether we would be happy as a backup player, that's the thing, because obviously, indeed, he's always going to be the number one choice, rightly so. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, Luckman, we mentioned there, so players that are coming in, I mean, under didn't work out. Luckman, you know, he can play right or left. Fulham absolutely loved him. He was online to be the fans' player of the season until he got injured, then it didn't work out for him at Fulham. He has, you know, he... He can change games and he excites the crowd when he comes on. <coughs> but I think uh, Brendan sees him more now as a left-sided player to challenge Harvey Barnes, to push Harvey Barnes. That is where Adam Luckman's role will be. That's his, Well, that's his preferred side, isn't it? It yeah. won't be on the right. Uh, no. They're looking for a left-sided, sorry, a left-footed, right-sided player. They haven't <laughs> had one that's worked since Riyad Mahrez. No, you know, I mean, Rishi Gazelle, um, Chengiz under they haven't had one and they're still looking and they're still looking. So, uh, uh, perhaps Maduike could possibly be that if they if they fancy that going in for that, but they do need uh, a left uh, footed, right sided winger because I mean, James Madison's played there a little bit, he's also played as an eight, but I think there's just more balance to the side when you've got two out and out wide players. Is and I mean, like I say, centre back we're looking for right, left yeah. footed, well, right side midfielder. Um, I think the striker role, I think you know, Dak is going to be given time in Acho. I mean, I just feel so sorry for the guy. Top scorer last season came in, worked so well when him and Vardy were up front, and he's back to how he was before. Do you see him? Bit asking for a move because he's he's kind of like I say been bypassed, hasn't he? Well, he is better in the front two. There's no question, yeah. and he's better as the second striker. Again, I've done a feature on this in the Athletic when I spoke to his um, Nigerian under 17s coach, and he was saying that to me. He said he's a ten. He plays off a striker. Mm. He's you know yeah. he's got great ability with the ball. He, he can hold the ball up, but he's not a nine. Um, and, and we've seen the best of Ian Acho when he is 
a, a withdrawn striker, second striker behind Vardy. And that's when he comes into his own. When we've seen him this season, he's been asked to play up top on his own invariably. Uh, and then we've seen him a little bit with Dakar or with Vardy. But you've got to strike up an understanding. with the t- You've got to have a run in mm. the team with yeah. a, 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 another striker. So I feel a bit for Kelechi because he, he, is a, he, he is a good player. He's the sort of player you look at and you think, well, what's he offering at the moment? Then suddenly he'll produce something. You'll, you'll go, wow. You know, he'll, yeah. he'll strike one from 20 yards or he'll beat yeah. two players and, and, and put one in the bottom corner. He's that sort of player. Um, and so, I, I, yeah, he does, at the moment, the system that Brendan wants to play doesn't really suit him. He, he's, he's better in a side with a back three and he's the second striker off uh, off a main yeah. striker. Uh, yeah. And he certainly has been better off. Uh, but then again, you know, if you play that system, where's James Madison best at? I think he's best as a 10. He's not a goal-scoring 10 like Ian Acho, though. He's a different type of 10. He's a, he's a created 10. You could play him as an ace, I suppose. But, I mean, he's had a wonderful season. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I hope he stays. Uh, but with everything, time will tell. A couple of names that are being thrown in here. I think you may have mentioned this one. Uh, Berardi, possibly. And I can never pronounce this one. De Kelterer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Can, yeah. Um, they will be on the radar. They will certainly yes. be. I mean, what they do is they, um, they'll have a short list for each position that's identified. And as I said, a left-sided centre-back, a left-footed right-sided player, couple of midfield players, goals from midfield. They need more goals from midfield. As I said, Madison's had a fantastic season. Tiedemann's yeah. weighed in with seven. I think Dewsbury Hall's got three. Nididi got two. They need more goals from midfield. They're too reliant on Jamie Vardy. I mean, if you look at Jamie Vardy's stats for the season, when he's available, the goals he scored, the, yeah. the ratio to minutes, it is up there. I mean, in fact, I think it nobody can beat his goals to minutes ratio in the Premier League this season. And his conversion rate is only beaten by Son. So, you know, he is um, he's still, at his age, remarkable, yeah. 35. He is still worth another contract and still a couple of years. I, I said this here. Uh, if you are ever asked what has been the best signing of modern-day football, look no further than Jamie Vardy. And I stand by me, me, me saying that, you know. I think, yeah. uh, I think you know, for what you get out of... And I, it took him a while. It took him a while to settle in as well. Great example. Great mm-hmm. example. Because that first season, he, you know, he, he had doubts about himself. He he went to mm-hmm. Nigel and shaky and said, you know, I can't do this. I want to go back to Fleetwood. I, I, I don't think I'm I'm good enough for this level. And they, to- they convinced him to stick with it and to work harder. Um, I have to say, a big thing, I know it's, this is very controversial, but a big thing for him was meeting Becky. Because um, he just had a focus after that because she settled yeah. him down. She, you know, whatever you think of her in the, the public perception, she, she loves him and um, she sorts him out and keeps him on the straight and narrow. <laughs> yeah. And well, um, you could say the same I, with Madison since he's become a dad, couldn't you? Exactly. Kind of, and I said yeah. this as well about yeah. uh, the perception about Southgate and why he's not mm-hmm. getting picked for England. Um, you know, the, the, the you know, this party boy reputation hanging around with Greedish, Bjorwell and Ross Barkley and all this. Mm-hmm. Uh, since he, he settled down and, and become a father, that, that's gone. He's, yeah. I mean, I'm sure he still enjoys a good time, but he's very much focused <laughs> on his football. And you saw that 
in the second half of the season, how focused... I mean, you can't perform like that on a consistent basis in a team that is inconsistent with inconsistent teammates around you unless you're totally and utterly focused on what you're doing. And uh, Madison's really come to the fore the second half of the season. He's been phenomenal. And I, I think it's a travesty that he's not got in the English squad. Well, you know, it's <laughs> you could almost think that this show has, has been rehearsed because um, <laughs> that was my, ne- my final question before we let you go. But England, you know, James Justin, great news. He's in. He deserves it. I think he was on the verge before he got yeah. injured. Um, and the funny thing is, not just from Leicester fans, but from... Cause, I mean, Leicester fans are always going to moan if a Leicester player is left out. Of course we are. But from fans of other clubs as well, you know, they can't believe that Madison has been let out. Now, I know... Yeah. Let out? Left out, I should say. I know Grealish has never let Southgate down, but on pure form, which I always thought Southgate had said that's what he was going to base it on, till, uh, Madison is, is, is way ahead of him. Well, you look at the stats this season. I mean, mm. you know, 18 goals and 12 assists. Um, Jared Bowen's got 18 goals and 13 assists in all competitions. Mm. His, his stats are right up there, but he seems to be overlooked. And I, I don't know whether it's you know a bit of history or whatever. Uh, Southgate says it's because of uh, the competition and the players that are ahead of him. I mean, and that's the thing. You know, the Mason Mount and the Phil Foden's are probably edged ahead of him. A, probably because of the clubs they work, they play for and the opportunities mm-hmm. they get in those t- sides to play at a top-top level. But also, I mean, when James had these issues um, previously, you know, you know, dropping out the squad and going to the casino and things like that, they, and the, the party gate thing before West Ham. Yeah. So that wouldn't have sat well with Southgate, so he probably edged them ahead of him. But since then, he's grown a lot more. He's developed a lot more. And I just find it strange that there isn't a place for him in that squad because he can offer more than them in mm. terms of his versatility. I mean, people say he can't... Well, England don't play with a 10. Madison's a 10. Well, Leicester don't really play with a 10 very often. You know, he plays as an eight. He plays one on the right. He can play anywhere. He's a talented footballer. And yeah. he's on, in form as well. And Southgate always said he would pick players on form. Well, yeah. he's in the form of his life and he still can't get picked. So you have to wonder what more he can possibly do. I, I think he's, if, he, if he's got any sense, he's currently looking through his ancestry to see if he's got any Irish, Scottish or Welsh. He has. He's got <laughs> Irish in him, but he's already Has he got Irish in him? Well, he's come on. <laughs> um, let, let, let's not, let, you know, that, that could happen. And I promise you, I just had, this is the last question because I, I meant to ask this and I'd forgotten because I would love to see this player at Leicester. I think, you know, once Johnny Evans, who is very much, he's a, he's the sort of the, the, the voice in that defence, isn't he? You know, he's an experienced voice. He's, you know, he's been there, seen it, got the T-shirt, as we know. And Tarkovsky, he's got the experience as well. I know the, they've obviously got relegated, but he's out of contract. I know there's a couple of clubs looking at him. Is there any chance? Is he somebody that we would look at, or is he not on our radar, or is there a good chance we might get him? Do you think they've been consistently looking at James Tarkowski for the last couple of years? It seems he's like the mm. perennial. I mean, Burnley just played hardball all the way through, and they were asking ridiculous money. Uh, and you're right; they wanted to bring him in before. Uh, look, there's a lot. Of, he's a free agent now, so there's going to be yeah. a lot of clubs. Uh, looking at him, whether they, I mean, yeah, so he's a free agent. So, I, I, I mean, the conversations I've had previously 
when he wasn't a free agent, they were saying, look, he's probably the wrong side of the age that they look at now. Um, I mean, Johnny Evans is going to get another year at least. You know, yeah. he's that important. Um, he's a vocal guy. I mean, you, you can see when he plays, Siuncu is a better player. I mean, we've seen the best of Siuncu yeah. alongside Johnny Evans. Fafana yeah. is a better player. Yeah. He he has that influence around all the people around him. James Justin, you know, he, you know, he's a guiding, yeah. a guide to him. Uh, you know, so he's an important player. Tarkowski, I'm sure they will be interested in him, but it's just Tarkowski's got you know his freedom now. He can he can pick whatever he wants. Um, so they'll be in the mix, but whether they can get convince him to come to Leicester, I hope they can. Yeah, no, I, I do as well. And that's something to do with the fact that I lived in Burnley for 20 years. He is just, I just do do rate him. But Villa, Newcastle, you know, the, the, the list is endless with the links. They can offer more money. They exactly. can offer more money wages. Yeah, exactly. Rob, I really appreciate you giving your time up and doing this. Um, we mentioned it earlier, obviously, Chief Writer for Leicester for the uh, Athletic. You did mention you've got a special coming up on. A, is it a season review? Yeah, season review at the weekend, and um, yeah, we've got loads more as well. I'm doing a deep dive on James Madison's career, speaking to people that have played with him and coached him all the way through, and, and as well. And there's lots more, lots more stuff we'll be doing throughout the summer on Leicester City as well. It it doesn't stop. <laughs> it does. It's probably busier during the off season. It's it? all transfer stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. as soon as. Soon as Something concrete happens. I mean, there's I know there's always a lot of speculation in the media about which players they they might be interested in. A lot of it's nonsense, but um, mm. you know, when when something actually happens, hopefully we'll be on top of it. Fingers crossed, Rob. As always, sir, you're a gentleman. Thank you so much for giving up your personal time and doing this. I really do appreciate it. And if anybody's not subscribed to the Athletic yet. Go and do so. It's a great read, and Rob does some amazingly interesting. I get all my information there. <laughs> Did I say good. that out loud? Good, Rob, good, good. That's what it's there for. Exactly. Thank you so much, mate. All the best Cheers. to you and your family. Take care and stay safe. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, that, did, I, did I really say that out loud? I'm sure I don't really mean to. Um, <laughs> yeah. Thanks to Rob. Great guy. Thanks for coming on. Um, we're going to be back at nine for sloppy seconds when we'll be looking back at all... Well, start of the season, we had a fan from every club come on and predict where his team were going to finish. Um, it was interesting looking back at it, let me tell you that. That's coming up at 9 o'clock, same channel. Don't touch that dial, as they say. Thanks for watching. If you have, please, please, can you... Um, yeah, Steve, say again, saying here, thanks to um, Rob for his time, and the same with uh, Scott as well. Um, yeah, please subscribe, as Scott says there, on YouTube, and if you're listening on your favourite podcast platform, thank you very much. I will see you back at 9 o'clock. Good night. Thanks for watching Lester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time.
It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Ultimate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.